This is Continuum Drag, a weekly podcast where we revisit sci-fi, fantasy, and just plain weird shows. This week, K-9000. Uh, for a second there, I thought you were talking. <laughs> but uh, your lips aren't moving. <laughs> they don't have to, Eddie. You're hearing me through a microchip receiver. You're the only one who can hear me. Microchip receiver? Right. It's the one the K-9000 symbiote box implanted in your head. Of course, it wasn't supposed to be you. The project was going to do a nationwide search for a volunteer. Do you think they'll be mad at us? I, I don't... You... You're just a dog. I'd hardly call the product of eight years of cybernetic research just a dog. Welcome to Continuum Drag, the podcast that'll shake a paw... Alternately, it's also the podcast that you can't teach new tricks to. Uh, I'm Luke. Here's my co-host, Jordan. What's real, Jordan? Did you know there are nude beaches in Rio? <laughs> I heard, but he wasn't very excited about it. <laughs> Nobody seemed very excited about that. Have you ever heard a villain decide where they're going to go based on nude beaches? You know what? That feels right at home in this yeah, particular movie, actually. Uh, this week, we're watching K-9000, and we're joined by a guest. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be here michael as you know this podcast is all about uh, tv science fiction are you a big uh, sci-fi fan uh yeah a little bit what, what are your what are your go-tos uh more cartoon animations like futurama and things of that nature the venture brothers oh yeah okay okay you're more on the anime we've never done an animated show still we were talking about that today actually it's, we've got a couple on the one. list that's a possibility um but we got to feel crazy if we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to get real crazy. Right? I'm the problem. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> Listen, we don't talk about our off-air uh-huh. feuds. Save it for later. <laughs> Michael, what do you think about this guy? Uh, I like him. He's he's a nice guy. I've known him for a few years now, and he's funny. There you go. He's not going to he's not gonna feud with you. I'm trying to get him to feud. And... No, hey, hey can I mention happen. something weird about this? Yeah, yeah. So I was looking into K9000 because I wanted to get some, you know, amazing research on this thing and here's a couple things i found that are k9000 that are not this show there's a k9000 cyber dog gun which is a weapon in the fallout new vegas whatever that is video game series i think that's actually a joke about this movie is that right yeah well and there's also a product called the k9000 and that's a self-contained dog wash yeah i saw that too there's a k9000 badminton racket that retails for $189. Oh, that's a good Batman racket. And there's also a K9000 adjustable P-trap pipe for sinks. Oh. Those are all K9000s. They add the thousand thing to a lot of I guess so. It like makes gadgets. It seem like... Just make it sound futuristic. Yeah. Even though yeah. we're in the future or the present. So, <laughs> Are we in the future? A, a little bit. Okay. From this movie, yes. From this movie's perspective, absolutely. Yeah. Right. Oh, hey, before we start, is this movie set in the future? No. I didn't think so. They have set it, I believe, in the current time. <laughs> yeah. But they just have futuristic dogs yeah well, it's like a it's like a near future maybe they got like mm. slightly better technology their ai in the movie was pretty absurd <laughs> how how smart it was it's better than the ai we have today well here's something maybe jordan and michael do you know uh do you know what this uh show is based on i do not i'm gonna assume it's k9 k911 or k9pa the trilogy of movies with jim belushi well actually there's only at this time k9 
That's right. That was the only one that was out at this time. And this was a direct sequel to was it. Was it really? Yeah. This was uh, made by the same company. This was an attempt to turn. It I was into actually a TV just show. joking. No, it's it's a direct. It like not continuity wise, but this is the same people made it. And we're like, we we can turn this into a TV show. But I think what they had to do is they had to like they're like raise raise the elevated a little bit by right. making it like a robot dog as opposed to just like a regular dog. And also, you don't have Jim Belushi. Uh, well, he was too busy. This was before uh, How I Met Your Mother. Uh, well, no, no. Rules for dating my was. daughter. Was he dead by then? Or no, is that no. the other guy? That's the other guy. John? This is, that's John. <laughs> Who we were also just talking about. Oh, yeah. All right. Jim, uh, Jim was very much Oh, alive. Jim's... Okay, Jim's the guy from that show, that TV show. Uh, According yeah. to Jim. According to Jim. According to Jim, yeah. yeah. Good show. Seven was Rules for Dating show? My Daughter. Probably. Was that one of them? No. <laughs> yeah, he was in that one, wasn't he? No, I don't think oh, so. Oh, oh. That was John Ritter. That's John Ritter. That's right. He died on that show. <laughs> We're off to a flying start already. All right. Um, okay, so it was originally broadcast June 1st, 1991 on Fox. Michael, where were you on June 1st, 1991? Uh, Buckingham Avenue in Niagara Falls. Very specific. Riding a bicycle. Okay. The whole time. He never stopped that whole year. I never used training wheels either, so that's how I know <laughs> I was riding a bicycle. Bicycle. You jumped right to bicycle? Yep. You didn't need any training? Absolutely not. Wow. Yeah, perpetual motion. It'll keep you going. <laughs> he's, our, he's our most talented guest. It could be. A lot of people ride bicycles. But did they skip training? Uh, maybe not. Are you a K9000? I'm not a K9000. Oh, okay. I, no. I had a Mr. T tricycle in the 80s, and I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I remember, I remember riding really fast past, past the neighbors and thinking that they thought, like, that kid's really fast. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we don't know. You might have been fast. I don't think I was going that fast. <laughs> All right. So do you want to know what's happening around the world in Ju- on June 1st, 1991? Yes, please. Well, this show is coming up. It was the end of the 16-year-plus Ethiopian Civil War. That's good. South Africa was repealing the last legal foundations of apartheid. Mm-hmm. And Space Shuttle Columbia carried the Space Lab into orbit. And that all happened within the time of this show? Yeah, well, this was ha- well, this show was on. Those things were happening. So that's why this didn't make it. There was more important things. I mean, for some reason, this didn't live up to everyone else's. <laughs> yeah. People were very busy handling very important matters. All right. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Here's the IMDb summary for K9000. A policeman and a female scientist team up to recover her latest creation, a cybernetic crime-fighting dog. And that was courtesy of Ornus. Well, I'll tell you what's funny about Ornus is um, of that, the funniest part is that they have to mention it's a female scientist. You got it. Otherwise, everyone's head just jumps right to it. Like, they picture something in their mind. They're like, oh, that's not what I was picturing. Yeah. Didn't say a male cop and a female scientist. That's true. I mean, Ornus isn't as woke as he should be. I suppose. Time's up, Ornus. As Michael always says, time's up. I don't say that. (laughs) Uh, All right, let's move on. (laughs) Uh, So we meet our lead, Eddie Monroe. He's he's a classic cop who uh, plays by his own rules and always gets his man. He's played by a guy named Chris Mulkey. He's a very recognizable character actor, but I don't. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what I knew him from. No, I was the same. You, you know, you've seen him before, but I don't think there's ever been like a distinguishing role. Uh, and how old would you say uh, our lead character Eddie Monroe is? Like during shooting? Well, they say his age during the course yeah. of the show. Do they really? Yeah. And they say how? Do you know how old he, they said he was? Thirty. They say he's thirty years it old. Was, yeah. How old does he look? 
Well, I, I had to look it up, so I kind of cheated. But forty-two or so, I think, when yeah. they shot this. And yeah, he's he's <laughs> yeah. well into his forties. Uh, yes, very much so. When they said he was thirty, I was like, uh, "No way!" I, I paused it and went and checked on IMDb, looked him up just to make sure because that seems so ridiculous. When did they say his age? Uh, the dog guesses it at some point. When he's like oh, scanning all this, oh, like his right. you know bowling trophies and stuff. Right. That's when. He, yeah. <laughs> he he has uh, Mel Gibson's lethal wo- mo- lethal weapon mullet. Yeah, that's right. Uh, very much in that in that vein. And uh, he hates machines like so many other characters we've met. Yeah. I really enjoyed him using vending machines and he can't make them work. We And we weirdly have seen other leads like you've mentioned that don't like technology and other people having trouble with vending machines. If you are a cop who gets paired with a robot, your core character trait is you hate machines and the sub trait is you can't work a vending machine. Isn't it weird when you start watching these things, you see tropes that you didn't think existed at all? Like... The vending machine trope. How's that a thing? Well, it's so funny because it's a running gag throughout how he can't use machines. Like, he can't make his garage door work. Is that even a machine? Well, there's some technology involved in the pulley, I suppose. I did like when he attacked that vending machine right at the top of the movie. uh, And he's, like, screaming at his partners, pulling him off it. And he yells, I I don't want my money back. I want revenge. (laughs) I was like, what does that mean? He also complains about the current generation, about how they're always listening to their, their Walkmans and all that jazz. It's just so funny. Like this is this is really was the time where it's like this is your hero. Like and everyone's yeah. like, yeah, I'm on board with this guy. And now you watch it, it's like he seems insufferable. You wouldn't want to spend two minutes with. Him. Yeah, I think that's why. Spoiler: his partner leaves almost immediately. Yes, his partner Nick, played by Dennis Haysbert. Yeah, very famous character actor now. Yeah, mostly known for Twenty Four. Yeah, playing uh, the president. Also, those very important Allstate commercials. <laughs> that's right. That's mostly what he does now, right? That's I think that's a big part of his paycheck. Yeah. I mean, if you can get the work, man, it's got to be an easy job. Fair enough. And uh, our first scene is them coming across a stolen car and a robbery in progress. And I don't know how you felt about this opening scene, you guys, but I was just like, this is straight out of an 80s movie. Well, like, well it's like a classic action movie. Th- this movie have sh- has shades of RoboCop. And not that I think it's anything like RoboCop, other than the the shooting style of the action, yes. how the action executed is very much in that vein. Yeah. Because when they come out, they open fire on cars. They're like shooting across the street. The whole car chase sequence is so much like an 80s action movie. And we were saying uh, before we started recording just how many people get shot and killed in this. It's unbelievable. Michael, how many people get shot and killed in this? Uh, I count 17. Like 17 like unjustifiable murders. <laughs> You've got 17. So unjustified. So there well, are a few justified murders. There, well, there are a few like, okay, like. It's all right to shoot this guy because he was shooting at you, but some of them are just straight up murder. If, if we're going to stats, I counted three people who were thrown through windows. <laughs> yeah, there, are, there's, it is like a greatest hits of '80s action movie yeah. scenes, a hundred percent. Like this car chase takes them out of their jurisdiction into Beverly Hills, and like they're getting calls on the radio, being like, "You're out of your jurisdiction." And they just rip the radio out of the car and throw out the window. And they're like, we don't need rules. Yeah. And the car chase goes on for a while until they crash into a store. That's how it ends. A great slow motion, yeah. multi-camera shot crash into a surprisingly vacant department store. Well, you don't want anyone too hurt. And then this is one of the first unjustified murders. They like blow away one of the suspects as soon as he gets out of the car. Yeah. The, the owner was pretty hurt of that store. <laughs> he he seemed he made like, that well known. I I my note was the owner seems like a Chris Kattan character. Well, yeah, he's a man with an insane French accent, and uh, he's very unhappy. They've driven into a store when they start shooting the guys, and they they kill I think one or two. They of the kill guys, one of the suspects, and then catch the other one. And but did you notice what he used to tie the guy up? No, what did he do? He ran over to a mannequin, pulled off its bra, and then used that to tie the guy's hands up. And I thought I've never seen that before. I mean. Mm-hmm. 
what's his name? Eddie? Eddie. Eddie. Eddie, like, the guy's giving himself up. Eddie beats him to the ground, starts reading his rights, and flips out his badge yeah. for the second running joke of the, like, machines not working for him, everyone. And the yeah. second running joke is he flips open his wallet, and what is in his wallet instead of a badge? It's a picture of Morgan Fairchild. Never paid off, either. Well, no, it, it keeps happening. It keeps happening. Yeah. And, and it's one of these things that maybe that was hilarious at the time, but I don't know how many people listening to this even remember who Morgan Fairchild is. I don't is. know. I, I know the name. That's it's it. just It's just such a weird gag that oh, what I actually thought was going to happen was at the end of the movie, Morgan Fairchild was going to yeah. walk out or something. But oh. that's not what happens. It's just you're just going to see this many times where everyone goes, that's not your badge. And he goes, whatever. It came with the wallet? It came with the wallet, yeah. What wallet came with the fu- <laughs> That's the thing. Is, is I'm like, I'm like, no, you, you definitely put that in there. So they they catch the bad guys. We find out they save five thousand dollars. Save five thousand dollars, but they've done that much more damage. They have the, way more damage. Two hundred eighty thousand dollars worth of damage. That's what their police chief tells them. I really liked when he they, sh- they pulled the money out of the car they've s- taken from the bad guys and showed it to the manager, and he's like, "See, manager, we saved this five thousand dollars." And then the manager spits on the money. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I thought they were going to arrest him there. I was like, this is insane already. But yes, they go back to the precinct. They get chewed out by a classic chief. Is he a captain? Yes, he's a captain uh, for all the damage they've done. And uh, he asks Eddie, this, this captain, he asks him, he's just like, who do you think you are? Sergeant Preston of the Yukon? <laughs> I, di- I didn't get that reference. I was, was like, what? I had to Google it. Did you, did you? Have you ever heard of this? No, I never heard of that. Have was... you ever heard of Sergeant Preston of the Yukon? No, I think he was just making a thing because he said he always gets his man. Right. So he's just referring to some... It's a... 50s CBS Mountie show. So this is late, early 90s. So he's referring to a 40-year-old television program. Still works. I know, yeah. yeah. It really landed with the audiences. <laughs> They're all like, yes, of course. <laughs> anyway, he gets in so much trouble, he gets busted down to a traffic cop. And uh, gets told by his partner, Nick, that uh, he's going to put in for a new partner. Because he, he can't uh, keep getting passive promotions for having such a loose cannon. Is this the fastest we've ever seen a partner chip dissolve yeah just the, yeah because like in a lot of these things you see that they have want to have the two people be partners but they don't want to have them both out together so they have to leave the partner in the office this one the partner's just like um so i'm gonna go and have a better tv show yeah i mean they set it up and they move really quickly because they're just trying to get to the meat of this yeah and the meat of it is the crime that will change eddie's life what is what's the crime that's going to change his life there's animal people protesting animal violence or at, animal testing at Piper Industries. Yeah, and so this place is doing some sort of mysterious research, te- yeah. research or test on animals, which they're protesting. And while they're there, a guy pretends to be a protester to ingratiate himself so that he can talk to a security guard to get a pass to get into the building, basically, so that they can break in and just start killing everybody. <laughs> I love that security guard because he's like, when you first meet the security guard, he's going like, to give away his badge. He's talking to his boss and making excuses for how he's sick. And finally, I was like, I thought his boss was going to be like, I don't believe you. But his boss's response was like, listen, I'm not going to fill out your insurance forms for you. <laughs> now take the day off. Yeah. Uh, it was so weird. But yeah, that's they sort of get, this bad guy gets a hold of a way into the security thing. You think the point is there's something valuable about this research that they want or there's something in the lab they want. But what I like, though, is the whole point is they want to get in. They don't treat it gently at all. It's like they come in with guns and just start shooting everybody. Yeah, it's what a dozen, like a dozen of the bad guys from Die Hard. Yeah, yeah. They all have ponytails. It's the only thing I couldn't. They're get all over, wearing suits. I couldn't get over about this. Is just like how much they all like. They all look like stock. 
Yeah. Characters are just like, we just need whoever played the bad guys in Commando, get them out here. Yeah. It was so weird. But yeah, they, they bust in after hours. They're, uh, didn't at one point the main, oh, who we're going to learn is our lady doctor, as they mentioned in the. Aja. Uh, yeah. Aja. Aja Turner. <laughs> Aja. She, at one point she's like, all right, well, I think that's it for the day. Yeah, and she like weird. takes off her jacket and puts on like a relaxing sweater like she's Mr. Rogers. But then everyone's still there in the office. I think it's 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 less people. Less There's only people? like five people there. Well, not for long. What did you guys think of the lab as a whole? I mean, it sort of looked like your everyday generic lab that we've seen over and over. I mean, there's blinking lights. I felt like there was too many lights in there. Too many to lights? Be, to be believable. Just there was way too many. It felt more like a mad scientist lab. Yeah, but no one's going to remember all those buttons. Yeah. Like, without a template or something, there's no template. <laughs> well, I think maybe there's like 25 more employees, but they all went home. Like each one of them has their own station. That's fair. That's fair. They, they all know like the five buttons they need to push. Every station had at least 50 buttons. Oh. Yeah. So that's how, not happening. How many buttons on a keyboard? Uh, that's mm. fair. All right. All right fair <laughs> point. But, but it has a template on it. It has the letters, that's numbers. That's true. You're right. There's no indication. You can do a semicolon. You know where that is, you know, because you'll see it there, but... <laughs> not on that thing you both have a point Wait, i think we're both right ai was also way 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 too intelligent in that computer well, every time they asked her a question she'd be like oh yeah you just you know go with it. that's true they did have a weird talk with that ai in there huh yeah okay. it, it was it was like a real person maybe it was just a person in a box well, that's exactly what it was but <laughs> if we take ourselves out of real life and go into the movie it's supposed to be an actual ai person <laughs> that's you're right <laughs> Sorry, guys. Go. Try. No, I love it. I love right. it so much. So the guys break in. They got their guns. They kill all the scientists except for Dr. Turner. Is her name? Yes. And What's her hides. name again? Female Dr. Turner. What's her, What's her first name, though? They Aja. S- Female Aja. scientist Dr. Aja Turner. Aja Turner. It's spelled A-J-A. I looked it up. It, yeah. I, they kept saying it. I'm like, what is her name? Aja. Aja. It is weird that the, the two main guys are Eddie and Nick, and they give her the name Aja. It's because she's British. <laughs> like well we got to give her an odd name it's, a, no it's one's classic understand. classic british name um and uh her kind of character she's an interest in animal training and uh at some point uh, the best description of what we'll probably get is from eddie our hero who describes her as the brit with the bod <laughs> <laughs> yeah he hits on her a couple times and uh you don't want to ruin how it's gonna go but she'll come around <laughs> I mean, how could she not? He's got that disgusting <laughs> mullet. Yeah. And he's 25 years older than her. <laughs> no, no, he's no, not. No, no, not no, the he's show he's 30 not. 30 years old, sir. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's clearly 30 years old. He's still talking about college. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Just talking about college. All right. So they're all there basically to steal the K9000 incubator and all of Piper's data. And uh, what we see now is in this case, all we get to know about the K9000 incubator right now is that it's just got a gross embryonic sac like pulsating can, inside can you of it. tell at this point though yeah you kind of see a you get a glimpse inside of it i think it's just mm. like you just see this like pulsating yes. embryo whatever it is it's important because they've they've killed at least five people to get to it it has a number nine thousand on it yeah so. so you know it's worth something yeah. those yeah. kills are good though the, all, the slow motion squib shots of all the scientists just like yeah, flopping it is, around it is i was saying earlier before we started recording it's my favorite scene because you have like almost like a fake eurythmic song playing and then they come in and just in slow-mo shoot everyone and it's great but they do like parkour as they enter the <laughs> yeah, lab too. Right. They like jump over like railings and everything and just start shooting and only aja gets away yeah, she hides under uh, like a like, coward. She hides <laughs> under some sort of like module the thing. desk of some and then sort. and then she, I guess, goes through a hole in the wall. The vent, she, yeah, the yeah, ventilator. That... She she hid herself behind like a, a cabinet that she wheeled in front of her, and I but, guess that that stopped Antoine from finding her. So yeah. it worked. <laughs> Antoine, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the villain Antoine. <laughs> so after the uh, after the robbery at Piper Industries, 
uh, Nick is taken off of his demotion. He was he was a crap a cop for all of 30 seconds and uh, put back onto the investigation because he's the best they've got. He may be a renegade. He may go his own way, but he gets results. <laughs> That's right. Uh, the first part of the investigation is they bring in uh, the leader of the protests outside of Piper, Edna, to see what if she knows anything about what's happened here. <laughs> Do you recognize this lady? She was also very familiar to me. The only thing yeah. I actually remember her from was she was the woman in Mrs. Doubtfire yeah. checking on the kids. And so there's that scene, you know, where he has to put the pie in his face and go, ooh, She's that lady. Yeah. Anne Hanley. Is that her name? Yeah, she she was an actress until she was in her forties and she started acting and just career going. Yeah. Uh, I mean she's great in this. She died in two thousand one <laughs> though, so that was a ten year ten year anniversary of this movie. So. R. I. P. Yep. <laughs> Moment of silence. All right. Uh, yeah, they bring her in, and uh, they're they're hitting her up about kind of what happened if she noticed any suspicious people around the protest, and they're watching some news footage from it, and Eddie kind of sweet talks her into helping them out by uh, telling her how animals have good instincts about people, and since she loves animals so much, as seen by her constantly carrying a kitten around, he really manipulates her. She says, "Oh, that guy on the screen, I remember him. He's not as handsome as you, Eddie, but I think he might be a bad guy. <laughs> Everyone a- thinks he's so handsome. Well, no, but there's another thing we've seen in a lot of not very good TV shows is the writers have to have another character mention how good looking the person is to convince the viewer. Cause you're like, this guy looks like he's maybe 45 years old. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 no. He's really <laughs> handsome. Everyone thinks he's handsome. Did you not hear what that woman says? And you as a viewer go, yeah, he is handsome. I think I'll keep watching this TV show. I yeah, hope it, I hope it goes on for years and years. 30 year old looks like <laughs> the next stop, the hospital. One of the guys who was shot at Piper's lived. How much, did you figure out, this is a very confusing scene for me when they go to talk to this man at the hospital. Who was this man? He, is he a cop? He's not a cop, but he is. Wasn't that Nick? Or? He works for the government. Yeah, I didn't know. Who, I didn't understand this. I just was like, well, you know, it doesn't matter. He's a federal agent. And they're like, he was on some sort of classified mission at Piper. Or as uh, I believe Nick calls it, a biodegradable think tank. <laughs> um, Classic. But it's this real weird thing where he's just like, I can't tell you anything about it. It's top secret. You can't know anything. And they're like, well, we're investigating you getting shot. He's like, nope, can't say anything. But they kind of like seed a red herring that maybe Aja was responsible for it. She's not. They keep seeding this red herring throughout the episode, though. And you're like, I don't think I'm ever going to believe that's true. But we kind of have these two weird scenes where we don't get much information. But we cut to Aja and she's uh, she's escaped from the building and she's confronting that security guard who mm-hmm. kind of went home sick and got them in there because she suspects he must have like somehow let the yeah. bad guys in. Yeah, she's she's a better detective. Yeah, she, and well, she's made a bit of a leap of logic, but it is an incorrect one. So they start, she starts having an argument with him and at that exact mo- moment, he gets sniped well, from do you uh, like, Antoine. Do you like him trying to put his suitcase into the, he's got this big suitcase, <laughs> he can't quite fit in his trunk for some reason? Well, it's got to take a while. It's it, He really does take a while. But you're, and then, but that's the thing, as he's putting it in, it pops open. And his clothes spill all over the ground while she's trying to talk to him. He's just a French comedian. There's just like all kinds of comedy beats with this guy just like trying to get a suitcase in a trunk. Pops open all his clothes spill out. I think he wanted to die. He was just delaying it. He knew the sniper was there. It was going to happen. There was also an innocent person that got shot there too. It was an innocent person? Yeah. Yeah. If you rewatch it, there's just some person in the background got shot. Aww. Oh, really? Yeah. That's on the list? Yeah. It's on the list. Kill count. But yes, the sniper on the roof is our villain, Anton Zeiss. Who's Anton? What do we know about Anton? He's got blonde hair, wears a suit. Um, Wasn't he like Aja's teacher or something? Yeah, or? he. Yeah, what was it? They, they. She was working for. He's former U.S. intelligence operative. That's right. But where were they? They. She went and worked somewhere underneath him. They were uh, working Lebanon. 
That's right. And she was training dogs for uh, special forces out there. I, I was trying to figure out, I'm like, what was happening in Lebanon around this time? But I, I couldn't quite figure it out. Well, they were Lebanon was having a civil war, I think. Oh, is that what was going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she was out there and they had a connection because she was training the dogs. And she knows him because when they when they tried to leave, he wanted to kill all the dogs. Yeah. She was like, he's a bad guy. Yeah. And, and, now, who, and who it was bad. Dogs? Who wants to kill dogs? Exactly. Only Just bad guys. Anton. But yes, Anton's on the roof with a sniper rifle. In the, I think my favorite shot of this entire episode shoots the security guard, and the security guard's entire chest explodes like a balloon of <laughs> that blood. That was great. It's like hollow point bullets in there. It was so bloody. And he falls on top of, uh, in top of her. She starts screaming, um, and then they realize there's a sniper on the roof. And then Eddie just shows up, right? Yeah. And sorry, can I, th- this is like my favorite scene of the whole movie. Like when Eddie shows up, and then like none of the investigations they've done have pointed this yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just the subsequent uh, chase scene that happens is like the lamest chase I've ever seen. Well, in the, the, movie. the best part is Eddie shows up, and so Anton's on wherever he is up on, on the, the roof, roof or something. Yeah. He's shooting down, at Eddie's shooting up. But there's one part that I really liked is that to distract Anton, he sees the dead guy on the ground. He's behind the car, so he can't get shot. And he just picks the dead body up and puts it up. <laughs> and so Anton shoots the dead body. Like I'm like, what a desecration of this poor guy. He's being shot. Now you're using him as, uh, as a distraction. Yeah, even? exactly. And it's, it doesn't even it's do not anything. Not even a good distraction. No, he's just like, ah, let's shoot him a couple more times. He's just like wigging a Bernie to the guy. And then <laughs> it was. I know. I also thought I was like, why is he throwing this man's body around? But yes, I guess Eddie's shooting back, and Anton gives up. Like Anton seemed to have all the cards in the situation but he kind of runs away yeah and then aja runs away as well because she doesn't want to go to the police i i have no idea well, no be, idea at because all. why there's, just... there's some sort of um they have mentioned very briefly that they think there may be some corruption that is involved with this and they might have the guys there might be an inside man an inside man but there's no indication why they would think this but does aja think it's eddie it doesn't merely make sense. It, it, does, just, it does come up a few times. They're just like, there might be some a mole inside the police force, but there never is. The closest we see is one of the bad guys is like yeah. having a drink of out of a water fountain and hanging around the police station. But yeah. that's not like There's a man a, inside. And the it, police it, but it doesn't do anything. Yeah. No. It, it doesn't really make sense. I think it's just either maybe an editing issue or just, it seems I mean, it's like not what, well, there's written. like a lot of misdirection in this movie though. I just think there should be more shooting. Uh, it is what they're best at. It's These definitely what they're sequence, the best at. Cause it's bloody. It's over the top. It's insane for sure. But yeah, he chases down Aja and like goes to arrest her and starts patting her down. And then uh, because he is a scumbag, as he's patting her down, he's like, oh, your body's in real good shape. Got a real good body. And she, well, of but course, she's, calls him a pervert. But, but she's, he's, she's covering it with that big sweater, you know? He's like, come on, let's see those hips. <laughs> this is just like <laughs> the worst. It's the worst because you know they're going to fall in love. Yeah. And it's just like, how? How is this ever going to come together? Well... As we've heard mentioned, he's very good looking. Yeah. He's clearly 30 years old, so he's the same young, age as her. Virile. He's young. He's good at his job. The he, best. He gets results. He's the baby of the best. Well, what is funny here, it, while they're getting, while he's get, while she's, he's patting her down, she like gets a read on him immediately. She's just like, listen, you could take me to the police station, but look at you. You're clearly not great at your job, on thin ice with your bosses, and what I can offer you is the best case of your career. And he's just like, you're right. That's true. I I am in trouble with my bosses, and I do need a good case. Why is it that? And I don't know if it's it, earlier than this or a little bit later when because we go to his apartment a few times, and they sort of really they want to imply that he's either, either yeah. got maybe a bit of a drinking problem, and that he also is a real mess. And I think they, you know, he his place is messy, and he's a slob. And we've seen this before in other things. Like, why is this a character trait that's attractive to anyone? I don't I don't watch that and go like he's cool. I watch and go 
you should get a cleaning person. Well, I think this, yeah, I mean, this is, feels like it's just from, this feels straight out of uh, Lethal Weapon or something. Right. Like, a drinking problem, filthy house. Like, you just feel like, feel oh, like he lives on the beach. He basically lives on Venice Beach in a house. Like, if he just needed to be on a houseboat and you had Lethal Weapon. Right. They're really aiming for these tropes for some reason. But you're right, I don't know. They, they pretty much hit every single one of them. Like, every single police trope there is. Absolutely. Certainly from this era, they're like, yeah. here you go. You like these tropes? It's just on the line of parody. If it was one step over, you'd be like, oh, they're making fun of this. But they're so sincere. It's just that it's not executed very well. And he also knows advanced fighting techniques. <laughs> Did he say that? No, he does. Like, just look at him fight people. Oh, that's true. Well, he's, yeah, I think he's he using, wins every fight. like, MMA-style stuff there. He, has, I, he doesn't lose a fight. That's true. He never loses a fight. Anyway, the uh, what Aja offers to Eddie, basically, is she's like, I know Zeiss. I know him from back in Lebanon. He's after this breakthrough I've been working on. The breakthrough is in animal-human symbiotic relationships. It's called the K9000. And if he stole it, there's only a few places he could go because we looked for lab space. And there's only a couple buildings in the city with the necessary liquid nitrogen facilities. And one of them is their old broken-down warehouse. And that's just his style. Yeah. It's so specific, but this is uh, what sells Eddie on maybe getting the promotion he's always dreamed of by solving the case with this female scientist. Is this where we go to the the most horrible scene ever (laughs) with Nick? Well, this is true because he can't do it alone. So he calls his partner Nick for backup back at the police station. Um, And uh, Nick's like, all right, I'll come down and help you. And uh, one of the bad guys is drinking a water fountain over here as I'm saying it. And then Nick steps outside to get in his car and... And a car pulls up and shoots him... I don't know, 8,000 times. And he and he is I, either the first or second person at this point to break through glass and fall backwards. And you're like, he's dead. He's dead. He's been shot 500 times. Spoiler, <laughs> he's not dead. But he should be. He was in like some kind of weird bubble too when he was in the hospital when they see him later on. If there are infections, I guess. He was absolutely blown away though. Yeah. So we go to Zeiss's hideout where they figure, where Aja figure he is. Eddie, uh... Punches the guard out and tosses him in a dumpster. That was so weird. That was also another weird scene in the movie. It made no sense. Like it just it had no point at all. Yeah, why not just knock him yeah. out? Lights up a cigarette for him, then tells him he shouldn't smoke, and then punches him <laughs> and throws him in a dumpster. That's it. That was the whole scene. It just cuts back to the car. It's like, hey, I found them. That's cl- <laughs> that's classic Eddie. Yeah, Eddie Monroe. And then and then he goes in, and I think there's a guy in like a forklift. He knocks him out too. He just like goes like one after another. He's just punching guys out. That's his way in. It's true, and they and they follow the liquid nitrogen lines to the K nine thousand machine, because guess what time it is, Jordan? It's time for reveal what's in that uh, embryonic sack. It's cocoon dislocation time. <laughs> that was There's my, a lot of dry ice. My, my favorite phrase: cocoon dislocation. And yeah, so they find it. The embryonic is uh, thing is about to hatch, whatever it is. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of dry ice. Imagine and sausage the casing. listener doesn't know yet. <laughs> well, like I'm hiding. Well, it from well the them. weird thing is, it's I think at this point, I think we're at. Almost about the 45-minute mark. We're halfway through. Yeah, so we're halfway through, and this movie's called K9000, about a robotic dog, is what you'd have tuned in for. And so far, it's just been a lot of police chases and, and guys getting punched out, and Eddie being like, hey, that's what you've been seeing for 45 minutes. How did you like the dog coming out of that embryonic sack? It was good. I liked it, actually. It was really... It was something interesting to see. The, the dog seemed like it was having a little trouble getting out, right? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But then once it was out, though, it could uh, operate those dials with no problem. <laughs> with no problem, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> didn't need thumbs and, and, and when it came out like it, it knew certain things like when well here's let's talk about this now so the case opens the dry ice comes out the dog bursts through the sack and you find out this whole thing k9000 was a fancy dog yeah fancy now, dog <laughs> we don't know though how much the dog knows 
how much it doesn't know, how much is like this, we, we think it's newborn. Yes. Like at this point where it's like this thing just got born. Because like as far as we know, right. it just came out of an embryonic sack. But like, yeah, they get in a gunfight with the bad guys because they notice they're there. The dog's jumping on bad guys left and right. What happens first is the guys are shooting. The as as Michael mentioned, the dog puts his little his little <laughs> paw up on the on the console and turns a little knob, which brings like a contraption down into Eddie, grabs him by the head, and puts an implant in his ear. And Eddie's screaming and knocks it off. Then the fight happens, and the dog seems to save him by knocking him out of a window. Again, well, and Asha, Asha takes off before any of this happens. That's true. Because she's just like, will you take care of the dog? For-? Like, I didn't understand why she oh, didn't take the dog with her. The first kiss. That's that was, right. That's right. They do have a kiss. Yeah. And, wh- and what, did A forced kiss. A very forced what, why, kiss. Why did she kiss him? Because it might be his last. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So insane. And so she's turned. It's a good she, reason. The last scene. She, is that a good reason? I would love to get a kiss if it was going to be my last one. <laughs> do, do you, you, would you want to get a kiss from the person who just molested you? Probably not. But I had a different story than her, though. <laughs> well, <laughs> what was your story? <laughs> <laughs> no, we won't cut that. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, yeah, she takes off. The dog like is able to activate the machinery and implant something into Eddie's hair. Do you think the dog did it accidentally, or do you think the dog was like, "This is the guy. I need him to have this implant," because that's what it seems like. Seems like the dog has taken on his own initiative to implant this guy, or do you think it was just looking for treats? That's a good question. Thanks. I think uh, I think the dog's basic programming was as soon as you're born, we'll like match you with somebody, and he was the only one there. Right. So that's why he, the dog like forced the implant into. So no matter hair. what would have happened. He would have done it. Yeah, I think if, if it was if just Eddie in the room, that's why that's what I think. See, I think it's not. I think the dog saw something special in Eddie and thought, "We don't seem like we'd be a team." He does. He's not good at technology. I'm a dog, but you know what? <laughs> I'm tidy. He's messy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why are we fighting? Why are we both right? Two wrongs make a right. You know? <laughs> no, I don't know. The dog just met him. He doesn't know enough. He doesn't know enough information. <laughs> he saw his hair. He saw his hair and thought, <laughs> he's "So handsome." He's like, "That's business in the front, party in the back." Let's do this. But yes, the the dog saves Eddie from the bad guys and then pushes Eddie out a window into, I guess, the river, the, the, ocean? the, the, the ocean that's there for some reason. I did like cause they, we get a shot of them falling out. What are the third window that gets broken? They're falling out this window and it's a human stuntman. And then just like a really floppy dog puppet, <laughs> like flopping yeah. through the air into the river. It's crazy. But yes, they escape. They head back to Eddie's apartment. And it's basically at this point that we get to... Uh, Learn more about Eddie and this dog and the symbiotic chip that was planted in his ear. What, what do we know? What do we know about the, about the uh, dog and this uh, symbiotic relationship with Eddie? Well, the dog does some research. <laughs> it, it does. How does it do research, though? It scans with what I believe are his retina or cornea. Uh, it doesn't really explain it, but his eyes scan over Eddie's apartment. And we find out that he has some trophies that he still has on his mantle for some reason. <laughs> they look old. He's like, a man child. They all he's do. He's a man child. Well, he's only 30. I mean, he's still, you know, <laughs> he's high still school, young. He's, high not, he's only not, like 12 years ago. Yeah, he's not 45. Yeah. He's still young for Uh Yeah. And that he, uh, what else do you do? Well, the dog, the dog, you get the first version of like RoboVision. Oh, yeah. And which th- you get to see how the dog sees yeah, things, which like is just, Robo-Cop it's the same, style. but it's got, yeah, like Robocop's little like scanning, whatever. Yeah. And it like looks at all his stuff and is able to like Sherlock Holmes him and yeah, be like, his... I can tell you all about yourself because I looked at these few things. Eddie's like, this dog can speak. 
That's right. No, not at first. At first, right? He's just kind of going. The dog is just talking to him. But he's just going with it. He wakes up in front of his house for no reason, no explanation. <laughs> the, the, do- the dog has dragged him yeah. from the ocean to his apartment. That's right. I think his hair is still wet too. I think like the, in their heads, they were thinking, "Oh, well, the last thing he was in the ocean, so let's make his hair wet for this because otherwise it won't make sense." They yeah. nailed it. Pretty sure the hair is wet. They nailed it. It is yeah. wet, but the dog's it dry. Is? Dog's dry. He just shook off. Yeah, he's fine. Also, did you like? Because I I initially wrote down a note being like, "How would the dog know where he knows where he lives?" But the dog has a line says, I got your wallet. Look to your address. I'm like, well, problem solved. Morgan Fairchild's in there. So how do you? He <laughs> just couldn't find his badge. He found his oh, address. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. So the dog has brought him home. You realize that the, the dog, dog can, can speak. speak. But they, they also mentioned the dog's mouth doesn't move. And they mention that because it's essentially like only his brain Eddie wave. Only Eddie can hear it. Yeah. It's, it's going over just to the implant. So it's only all, Eddie can hear it. It's also cheaper for the production company. Yes. And yeah. They don't have to put peanut butter in that dog's <laughs> yeah. mouth. <laughs> Eddie, uh, or what we learned about K9000 also is uh, he was born a normal dog, but he was born prematurely, so he had a cranial defect. That's mm-hmm. why he's perfect for this uh, experiment that uh, they put in. And Aja has scraped out all of his dog instincts to make rooms for the computer she's put in his brain. That's not nice, huh? This is a running thing because the dog doesn't know how to play fetch. Yeah, that's right. I think it's the only running thing of it, though. That's the problem. Like They didn't really elaborate on that. Well, uh, later they'll teach. He'll t- try to teach. He, he does, yeah, yeah, but but it's just like this poor dog. His his natural instincts been stripped away from. Him. This is this is the emotional arc for us in this character. Yeah. I can see it affected you emotionally. It didn't affect me emotionally at all, actually. I, I I thought it was really odd that they they would do that to a dog. But what was weird is Eddie mentions at one point. Um, well, the dog's basically showing how uh, its deductive reasoning works and how smart it is. And Eddie mentions that he used to have a dog, but it died in his arms. So there's a newspaper article on the mantle. Apparently, it shows Eddie and his old former partner, which he is had a, a dog. Canine. But he always yeah. said partner. We always thought it was a human. Uh, I looked at that scene, and I can't see the dog. Like, in that mantle, on that picture, I can't see any dog, and Eddie is so blurred out. Like, they didn't really focus on it. He probably just had a dog name, so he knew. I guess so. What's a dog name, though? I mean, this Hooch, is... Rex. Well, K9000. K9000, yeah. It was called a K9000. Is it, what do you call, what's, what's the dog called? Did they ever give it a name? They did give it a name. They did? And I've, I've got it written down somewhere because I just called it K9000 the whole time. Yeah. So did I. I, did, I didn't know what the name g- was. They do give it a name. It was really dumb. It's like Charles. No, it was... Was it a dog name at least? What was it? It was something... It was like a play on K9000 or 9000 or something. It was like Nine or something like that. Oh, they call... They, Niner? They, they, they call it Niner. Ni- they call it Niner as a nickname, I yeah, think. Yeah, that was the name oh. of the dog. Yeah. That's what it was because I was just like, I'm not calling it that. I'm calling it K9000. He's a German Shepherd, so it makes sense. Here's what I liked about the, him looking at around and uh, finding out that, that was he, for the scholars. For who? The scholars. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> for, for that one's for the scholars. We're, we're shouting it out here. All right. Sorry. Um, no, I was just gonna say when when the dog is scanning his place and saying, "Oh, I see, you used to have a previous canine partner," and he's like, "Yeah, but I never have another one because it died in my arms. I never want another one of my partners to die." I'm like, oh, you're in for a treat. Uh, yeah. Your partner is dead. Yeah, he still doesn't know at this point that, <laughs> that Nick, Nick has, Nick been, has shot been shot a billion times. Yes. <laughs> All right. What else do we know about K9000? He's part of the Catch Project. What does Catch stand for? Oh, yeah, I didn't get right no it down. Uh, cybernetic Action Team oh. K9 Human. The more importantly, later on, they find out that you can barely make calls on the dog. The dog has a cellular phone in his head. <laughs> you talk into its ear. If you scrape out enough of its... Uh, uh, natural tendencies you can put a phone in there that's basically all about the dog he's got a computer bank in his brain he's basically wikipedia it's 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 and honestly though 45 minutes this is your money right here the dog that can do everything why they didn't start the show with him finding this dog as opposed to everything else i i don't know it is weird uh, they really wait they're like you guys were when we get there though you're gonna be blown away you know what this reminds me a little bit of 
What was that uh, one we watched with the the dinosaur in the dream that became a robot that ate cars? Trucosaurus, <laughs> Steel Justice, Steel Justice. It's it's very similar in a lot of things. Yes, Trucosaurus was in it. That's also, correct. the style very similar, and also just like, don't worry, guys. I know what you're coming for. It's but we're gonna save it to the very end. Well, at least at least this comes halfway through. When the dog, Fair when the dog finally arrives, it was an improvement to the <laughs> that's true to the show. So. What, what happened to Aja, though? Where's she been at during all of this? Does she go to see the old lady who is the protester at yes. this point? Yeah. Yes. Who apparently is her old friend mm-hmm. and is also filthy rich, lives the in a huge richest, mansion. Yeah, richest now, lady in town. Here's a question. Are they making some sort of jab? Was this sort of like a... I, I thought, I was like, are they making like a jab? Like, oh, it's like a left-wing airhead sort of thing. Was that what they were going for? I, I think there's an element of that, of like rich old lady who doesn't know what to do with her time, so she just bothers people with her environmentalism. Right. She was one of the only likable characters for me, though. <laughs> yeah. for, like, honestly, she just seemed She genuine. did seem to have like an actually good idea of what she was She's up to. She's also a good actress, too. That's true. Basically, Aja tells her everything that's going on, and um, Edna's like, well, I'm having a big launch gala for my endangered animal sanctuary this week, this afternoon. So we should go there and tell all my powerful friends, because I don't know you know this, but my dead husband, the Commodore, <laughs> <laughs> knew the most important people in town. Yeah. And basically they're like, we'll go there. We'll get some help. But this gal is going to solve everything. You know what's great about this show? A line of dialogue just saves everything. You just throw that line of dialogue. It's like all the patches are fixed. You love that Commodore, but yeah, why not? It was. It did raise a lot of questions. <laughs> Things go wrong very quickly because who does the butler show in? Yeah. Okay. Now explain this to me, either one of you. So what's the name? Anton? Yep. Anton and his goons show up, but I don't know really why or what the point is because this seems to go on indefinitely where like suddenly they're, they're eating sandwiches and later on they're at like a wedding or something. It just keeps yeah. going and going. I'm like, why don't they just kill everyone? Like what is happening? I have no idea either. I don't know how... Antonis goons knew where to find her. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. And what their goal is. I don't know why the butler let them in. <laughs> I think it was just bad writing, honestly, because people but, find things out but too. Do you guys know what? Like, so yeah, he's going to show up and they'll be like, oh no, the bad guy's here. But then they cut to like another scene and they're like, they're still going on with the gala and he's like sitting in the audience. I was like, yeah. but what? Didn't well, he do something? What happens is, is they show up, the bad guys show up and they're like, oh, well, you can't keep us here. I'm expected at my gala. And they pull out like a miniature like map of the sanctuary she's building. And he's like, oh, this is great. We can pull our boat up here and load up all the K-9000 equipment and take it off to whatever country we're going to to sell it. Like they're just like, this is great. We'll hold you hostage so that you won't be missed at the gala. And then we're going to use the sanctuary to like run this stuff. Like it's a weird, unnecessarily complicated plan. Right. You're right. They don't need Azure. They could have just killed her. But I guess that would then why would the lady be quiet? But I, that's the idea. I think so. Like, right. Okay. Take you guys. Use your gala. No one will know that anything's wrong. And it is funny because we'll see the gala later. And his men are just wandering around the gala, long hair, guns in their pockets. Yeah. It you, just seemed it just seemed like they were playing a real long game. Like eventually he was gonna marry the old woman and then they're gonna have kids and then, then he's gonna take their grandkids to like swimming lessons. He's like, It's all part of the plan. I mean, there's <laughs> Anton's playing the long game. Yeah. Jumping back to Eddie and K nine thousand though, they uh, they're trying to find Asia where she went, so they're following so K9000 smelling the ground outside the old factory they lost her at, and they're trying to follow her scent. He still has a dog nose. Still, Yeah, he's still got that regular <laughs> dog nose, although maybe his heightened sensors it could inside. Be. Yeah. We don't know. It didn't, it didn't come up. They uh, they find out that Nick was shot when uh, he takes a newspaper from a construction worker. Yeah. yeah. He like grabs it out of the man's hand and starts walking away, and the guy's just like, hey, 
what, what are you doing? Why do you take my paper? He's like, oh, sorry. And he just get, hands him a $10 yeah, bill. It's, and everything it's, was fine. It's one of those scenes where you're like, why would they have decided to do that? Why couldn't he have just had a newspaper just, or had someone call him? But it's like they add these weird things like, but don't add anything to the show at it, all. Yeah, it seemed like he was going to have to fight these construction yeah. workers, but then he just gives them money. <laughs> and then, yeah, they find out Nick's been injured. He's not dead after all the, all the gunfire. Yeah. So he has no arms and legs anymore, but he's fine. <laughs> so Eddie places a call on K9000. He starts talking to K9000's ear and calls the captain up. Now, there's one thing I wish they did more often because I love that this actor has to lean by the dog and talk into his ear. That would have been great if this, this series had continued. I mean, that would have been a constant thing yeah. for sure. And then he warns the captain about a mole in the police force, which, as we've stated, there's no there's no mole in the police force that anyone ever sees. But, but there might be. The tension. The tension. They head over to the hospital because they're worried that someone might be coming to get Nick since he's still alive. And they head up to Nick, who's in a hospital bed. And as Eddie opens the door... There's just a guy with a silencer. Perfect timing. <laughs> the guy, the guy's about on. to shoot. But what did you hear? What was uh, Eddie's uh, pithy remark? Did you get it? <sighs> there were so many. He pulls them. out. He pulls out the gun. And he goes, "Can I see your AMA card?" And then shoots <laughs> the guy. And the guy falls through a window, which is the third time someone's broken through a window. I did love. It. He shoots this guy so many times, and he flies out like a twentieth story window. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so he saves Nick, his partner, and then the captain kicks open the door with his own gun. He's like phrase he's like oh it's just you nick yep no one has any questions further about the man who no, no, shot out a window don't worry about it that's also like you handle a situation like that like eddie just walks in and shoots the guy that's murder <laughs> at least the chief or the captain ever comes in and says freeze he's saying he's making no, himself it, known it, it's not murder because he had the line if he didn't come in and make the joke if he just shot but he didn't he made a joke and the guy was like is Did that jokes funny count, though? and then he was already dead <laughs> yeah jokes count <laughs> Well, and then the captain's just like, and then Eddie's just like, Captain, I have to tell you what's going on. And the captain's like, don't tell me anything. If there's a mole and you tell me, the mole will know. And I'm like, what? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's meta. I just was like, I don't understand what that means. And then he's just like, but you, Eddie, have to go out there and save the day. Because without you, my life would be boring. Yeah. This captain's really turned around on this guy. <laughs> Very abruptly. It's because he heard that joke from the hallway and he thought, all right, that's pretty good. <laughs> the AMA card Yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> Eddie and K9000 go to Edna's mansion. Who knows why? I have no idea how they got <laughs> yeah, there. Just do. They smell the smell of Zeiss and they follow <laughs> his scent to the gala. Yeah. I guess they actually probably call the butler, maybe. But they sure. End, they end up at the gala. And then when they get there, K9000 looks Eddie up and down and says, Wow, you're dressed like shit. You're never going to get in there. <laughs> so the dog has to steal clothes for him. But what does Eddie do? This is the second uh, Morgan Fairchild joke. To get in, because they're basically well, like... They have, to, they have to steal those clothes from those uh, poor oh, waiters right. first. He yeah. sends pants the, from one Yeah, he sends the dog, and the dog steals one waiter's pants and one waiter's jacket. Hilarity. Just for the joke. That's all. They yeah, just wrote the that in just to have a little joke. Like, <laughs> hey, your pants are gone. I'm like, well, hey, well, we go together. And remember then the two guys started kissing? Yeah, that was great. That was hot. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, then uh, with his new suit, they go up to like the, the woman at the, with the guest list. Yeah. And he flips open his badge and shows his Megan Fairchild thing again. And she's like, that's not a badge. It's Morgan Fairchild. And he's like, that's right. I'm her manager. And she's on her way. So how about that? Then And then they're just, just like... walks in. And they're like, all right. But what I thought is, if I was the woman working at that that table, I'd have let him in too. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> they're like, like, I'm a manager. Like, yeah, whatever. Let's, yeah. Just, let's just get the end of my shift here. <laughs> let's get, get through. They managed to track down old Aja. She's sitting at a table. And uh, he sits down with her. And he's like, I've got the dog. It's okay. And then she's like... What's wrong with your ear? Did you get implanted? And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. I guess I'm the symbiote now. And she starts to openly weep. Yeah, she's very upset. She starts to openly weep at the idea that he has the implant in him. Yeah, because he's a real loser. I've never seen anyone just start crying like that. It was crazy. <laughs> well, it was because it's her life's research. 
And that's stuck with this schlub. All her friends have been killed because of this. They've, her whole life is upended. And old surfer boy, 45-year-old, 30-year-old, is uh, he's got an implant now. And he is a surfer, by the way, because in his garage there is a surfboard leaning up against the wall. That's for so later episodes. That's confirmed. Yeah, that, that's, that's what confirmed. they were hoping. <laughs> yeah. This is, so there's no way to take that implant out. I was just going to say, I'm like, I don't think this is the end of the world. No, there's no way. It's in. And uh, as soon as they start talking, like as soon as they get to this point, Zeiss also sits down at the table. Like everyone in the show just now sits down at this same table. And it's like, well, uh, now that I've got you, I'm going to take the dog. I'm going to take you. And we're uh, you're both captured now. But uh, Eddie has a gambit he thinks will work. Just walk over there. Exactly. Too many witnesses, man. How are you going to shoot us in front of all these people? It's impossible. You can't do it. I mean, it is his best plan, actually. This is also where we find out that the dog is really not that smart. No, the dog isn't. The, he's more like he's got information. He's not smart. Yeah, he didn't have information on Antoine, though, because he thought Antoine was still going to shoot him, but he didn't. Oh, that's right. And the yeah. dog's like, you got to teach me how to play yeah. poker because he's like bluffing now. That was a good joke, though. Yeah, you were rolling. You were rolling in the, in the aisles. Yeah, well, you know, I was watching it by myself in my <laughs> in my spare bedroom at two o'clock in the morning. But yeah, it's oh, a pretty sad life. I got. That's very sad. It, it was kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. But it's all right. What were you wearing? <laughs> uh, pretty much what I'm wearing right now. Why were you in the spare bedroom? Not, not much. Not much. <laughs> so yes, they walk out of there. They get outside. Like they can't shoot them. The gambit's correct. They get outside. And a car pulls up and they get in. And do you know who the person in the car was? I had no idea. Was he the guy that was in the... Uh, oh, who um, they met earlier? Uh, in the where, the... where they were doing the original test on K9000. He was there, right? He was there. And? But I don't know who he is. He was in the hospital. He was the guy who was shot. He's the federal agent. Oh. They went to talk to in the hospital. Oh, good. It's all come together. I know because I was like, I know him, but does this any of this matter? And it doesn't really. That was the one that I was just like, this is crazy. This character who has been gone for 80% of the movie. They get in, they're like, oh, good. It's you, federal officer. And he's like, yes, and I am with the bad guys. Yeah. And he like pulls a gun and they're all now recaptured. Yeah. Like it cuts yeah. forward, the gal is over, and they're all locked in a closet. What are they going to do with them? That's where they have the dog tied down now. Yes. They want it. They want to take the, uh, they're, they're yeah. going to take the computer out of both yeah so eddie's I, ear I and took, the dog's head oh that's right yeah yeah I took exception to the um the robot surgeon i guess you took scene. exception oh, quite a bit quite i wish bit. the show was about the robot surgeon uh, that would be a good standalone show but in this D- universe describe describe this robot surgeon black box i believe with two orange eyes and an orange <laughs> like an lcd mouth. face right it can an it's L- like animated. yeah it's like very pixelated heavily like 1991 pixels we're talking but uh, yeah, and it made no sense in this K9000 universe at all because nothing else has anything like this. And this, is this it has like a little needle, right? And it's going to go has, down. Yeah, it has a needle. Yeah, it has a little arm with like a laser on the end of it that's going to drill into the dog's head. The robot has a personality though. Like He <laughs> wants to do it. Yeah. Like, he gets his kicks out of doing shit like this. Yeah, it's talking. It's making jokes. It's a. I, I was just like, what's going on? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's like, where where is this so in the universe? Way, way off base. Way off base. Who wrote this? Steven D'Souza. Can we mention, by the way, as we mentioned Stephen D'Souza, do you know who that is? Yeah, I do, because he wrote two episodes of the I know. last show we watched. I know. It's so weird. This guy, this guy's written everything. And Die Hard. And yeah. Commando. And much better things. Flintstones. He wrote Flintstones. And Flintstones. Don't yeah. forget that. But more importantly, he wrote this. Well, that's what's weird, is like he's definitely written some classics. And like it makes sense he wrote this, because this is such an 80s action. This is just mm-hmm. him like banging out the tropes. But it's just also so weird that he's like done so much TV too. Well, and it also seems like he's a cribbing from his own movies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, well, I, I feel like that's they brought him on, being like, just do what you did there. Yeah. 
I mean, he's certainly doing a better job here than he did in uh, Gemini. Gemini Man. Yeah, Mary. This is, these are these are steps above the Gemini Man episodes. <laughs> anyway, let, let's keep going. They've got this. Uh, they've got this laser robot. They're going to basically, I don't know, drill stuff out of their faces. And uh, Aja has an idea for how to break them out. And she turns to Eddie and gives him some sort of coded message. Did you catch that coded message? No, I know that she gets a like a syringe in her hand, but I don't remember the message. Well, she she turns to him and she says something about a doctor. She's like, "Hey, it's just like that American doctor, Mickey Flynn." <laughs> and then that like, and he's like, "I get it. I get what the plan is." And I was like, "What does that mean?" Like she like I just didn't understand what the no, information was. And then the two of them just start punching. Yeah, she well she grabs a syringe, jabs it into the one guy's leg, which she's like, "Ah!" And then that gives Eddie the time to start punching, and they start punching and fighting everyone. But the tension is because the laser is still going to get the dog the whole time they're fighting. Yeah, there's no it's tension. Really coming in, uh, yeah. And then eventually one of the bad guys gets thrown in front of the laser, and yeah. they're able to rescue the dog as and well. And it like it like impales him through his back. <laughs> no, he had a good scream. Yeah. Also, I think when the bad guy just disappears out of the scene while they were shooting it, like they were all fighting, and then one just kind of disappears <laughs> after a cut. Like <laughs> there's like a punch, but he's not knocked out, and then the next, the next, he's just cut, not there he's anymore. He's not there anymore, and they just go, "All right, let's go." Would you have done that when you were fighting? You get punched. I'm like, I'm out. I just got punched. I in would the face. Told, I wouldn't even later. get into a fight. Why would I even get myself in? I wouldn't even be anywhere near those criminals. I'd be at home watching movies, like you know, just watching K9000 in the, in the guest room, just hanging. You'd be trying out. to make your own room, yeah. surgery robot at home. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> for different reasons. So. <laughs> anyway, they break out. They rescue uh, old pre- protest lady Edna. Tell her and Aja to go find some police and get some help and get it back here. And Eddie and K9000 are going to stick around and like try to start, you know, save the mm-hmm. day. And they're sort of like looking down into like a valley. Like there's some sort of gorge where, where there there's water the and the boats have arrived. And the boats are going to come. Yeah. And they can see Zeiss and they can see Zeiss and all his goons and all the equipment. And they're kind of, they basically have a great vantage point. No one knows they've escaped. They're looking down and they kind of have all the cards. Like the bad guys are leisurely laying around Nobody's thinks there's a threat coming. And I was just like, okay, so you guys finally have an advantage in this. What I thought they could do at this point is they've got, they know where the bad guys are. They have the advantage. You think he would call for backup. Well, you've got the element of surprise now, but what he does is he pulls his gun out and he, just starts firing. Wildly. Well, the first thing he does is no, the first thing he does is he shoots um the one boat and it's got like fuel on it and blows it up with like one shot. That's what yeah. starts the whole fight. And then, it, and then they start shooting. He starts shooting back. Well, that's what I mean. Like, he doesn't use any... No. Like, he just has a handgun and just starts firing into the and, valley. By the way, he starts shooting with this gun at this point in the movie. And for the next half an yeah. hour, he doesn't reload or anything. No one does. So, no one, he just keeps shooting this... Like, what do I assume has this gun has what? 11. Six, 11. Eight, 11. Just something like, like that. Yeah. And he I, shoots maybe 600 times. Yeah. I don't know much about guns by any means. He's shooting them from a huge distance. Like he is a sharpshooter. Yeah. With well, this handgun. sometimes, and sometimes he's a horrible shot. Well, that's true. Like it changes up. Then he's, he's shooting locks off one minute. The next minute he's shooting people. Right, he's missing people right in front of him. At any rate, he like blows up a truck at some point too. Yeah. Like a truck tries driving and he sh- explodes yeah. a truck. That was like murder but, number fourteen, I think. That's murder. Eventually, I mean, you're right. All right. That is, he didn't even ask them to like lay down their no, weapons. No, that's, that's just literally just like that's like terroristic murder. That's like well, what he, a terrorist would do. He should have he should have had if he had a funny line though. If he was like, "What's your fuel at?" or something, then he shot it or something uh, funny. You know, you're running on fumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, good. Yeah, one. That's yeah, a good yeah, one. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> found it. Quick, call the guy. Um, <laughs> at any rate, what happens is eventually only Zeiss is left alive. He's managed to shoot all of the other goons. Only our core bad guy, Anton Zeiss, is left alive. He blows up the truck and goes, time for you to retire. 
Because <laughs> it's got tires on it. <laughs> That's the one. Sorry. Is that it? Yeah. Well, Thanks. they're both. You know, we'll Thanks, everyone. Consensus. Um, and uh, <laughs> Zeiss like grabs these two, I don't know, magnetic. Like they're magnetic spools of tape, I guess. They're the, they're the brains of the computer. Yeah. They, well, they the mentioned drives. they mentioned at the beginning that when they take K nine, they also take all the backup files. Yeah. So that's what these are in some sort of form. Some sort of backup disk. And he starts running off, and the K nine thousands. Like we have to stop him. He could create an army of K nine thousands. We have to get rid of him. Yeah. Which, by the way, he's never said that's his plan. We we heard last time is he's just been killing the dogs. He never, he never ever said, the, "I want to make a bunch of K nine thousand." Ash at some point like implies that maybe there's some way to use this technology to turn humans into robot slaves, but like it's never <laughs> like brought up again. It, uh, the the stakes were very well. Loose. Th- it is one of the major problems. Is this bad guy? They want you to hate him, and he wanted like you, you know he's he's your classic villain. But like, I don't know what he wants. He's not even that bad. He's killed a couple people, but well, so no, more, no more than Eddie. Yeah, exactly. Probably less than Eddie. <laughs> um, he starts running off. And the dog, K9000, just runs full bore at him. Yeah. And he shoots the dog, and it's one of the most brutal. I Like, that puppet dog flipping through the air after it got shot, I was like, oh, wow, that's brutal. I know. I was like, they actually shot the dog, and they do. He shoots the dog. Yeah, it was a pretty bad scene. And then Eddie sees K9000 get shot yep. from his hiding place, and it's like, well, there's only one thing I can do. Also runs straight at this man in the clear wide open, and also get shot. Yes. That's what you do for your dog. <laughs> you, you, did you have a dog suicide. when you were young? Well, you know, it's, it, it was... Oh, I so think he got think, shot, he got shot in the kitty. Makes sense. I don't think anything in this movie makes sense. Nothing at all. But if your dog had been shot... If my dog got shot in the leg, I'd probably take one in the kidney to go save it, I think. But... <laughs> but only the kidney. That's as far it, as you're willing to go. Now, having said that, yes, the dog did get, did get shot in the leg, but he still seems fine. Like a, Yeah, to, to be fair, so that's what we find out is the dog's shot and you think, oh, no, it's dead. But So is Eddie. Think, yeah. Oh, no, he's dead. But right. it's, it's really like seems like a superficial wound because the dogs, they, they kind of show that it's limping maybe a little bit, but it also seems fine. Well, that's it. The dog's not hurt. Eddie's yeah. not hurt. They both took bullets. Ed, Eddie chases old uh, Blondie. What's his name? Yeah, but he like sprints after him after being shot like that. Like if yeah. you get shot, your whole body, body just shakes. Yeah, they're both being shot, but it doesn't matter. They're both fine. Ed, Eddie's tough. The dog's tough. He's chasing the, the bad guy. What's the name? Antoine. 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 He's chasing him and they chase to, what is it they go to? Is it a ride? What it is. is it? It's like a tower. It's a revol- uh, viewing tower. A viewing tower. Like, like yeah. the CN Tower kind of. It's like a yeah, but the CN Tower doesn't have a little bubble that goes up and down. It's well, it has an elevator. You call that a cir- bubble. It's a circular building around like a center pole. And when you get on it, you can flip a switch and the whole thing will rise in the air. I think it's right. called a UFO ride, actually. I think it's like a carnival. It's like a viewing tower. In Roller Coaster sort. Tycoon, if anyone's played Roller Coaster Tycoon <laughs> from the 90s, there's a ride called UFO Ride, I believe, or Observation Tower. I think it's Observation Tower. That's what it is. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> yeah. I will. But yes, it's it's some sort of rising platform that will raise them thousands of feet in the air. <laughs> the important thing is you need to know that this is going to be a real climax to this movie, is that they're going to fight on this um, amazing thing that is not that evocative safe and interesting too. looking. Well, did you like, uh, he chases Zeiss onto it, and Zeiss has already like gone up a floor, so he's like mm-hmm. a floor above Eddie. And... The two of them just start shooting through the roof slash ceiling. They can't see each other. They're just both firing yeah. randomly through the roof and ceiling until they're both hit. Well, yeah, they keep shooting, and then the, suddenly the shooting stops, and it sounds like uh, Antoine has fallen. So Eddie's like, oh, I think I got him. I'm just going to climb up the stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So he climbs up the ladder, <laughs> and then Antoine just starts kicking him. <laughs> he just, like, kicks him real hard. Well, like, this building that's now, like, 
way up in the air. He just opens the wall. The wall just opens up yeah. and he starts like pushing Eddie off the side. Yeah. And Eddie's like hanging off the side, classic like, don't step on my fingers or I'll die kind of thing. But the dog has jumped on. Yes. He's limping so, around the corner. He's limp. He's yeah. He's he's crawling. He's limping. So it might be two on one now, and so so yeah. He's uh, uh, Antoine's fighting with Eddie. He's pushed him over. Eddie's hanging off the edge of the building of the what's what's it called? Oh, observation tower from Roller Coaster Tycoon. <laughs> That's where he's hanging off of, and uh, Antoine's holding him. And you see the dog coming slowly, slowly. Then what happens? Antoine comes with the gun, points to Eddie first. He goes, "All right, now you're really gonna die. I could have killed you, but I had to go do this thing." Now I came back with a gun. Now you're going to die. Then K9000, also known as Niner. <laughs> also known as Niner. Jumps Antoine from behind. Yeah. Pushes him out of the UFO yeah. observation tower and saves the goddamn day. Yeah. But what I like is that uh, when Antoine falls, it goes on for about three minutes. It's the fall good. is just like, it's shot in super slow-mo. It just goes on. And it looks pretty because it's clearly like a stunt guy. It's not a... It's not a dummy or whatever, but it just goes on. Well, they gotta meet their times, right, on. for the commercials, yeah. right? They got like two-hour block on TV, so. Well, you wanna, you really wanna really relish the death of the bad guy. Yeah. So he falls, he's dead. Uh, but hurt? oh no, Eddie's still hanging off the edge, and the dog can't can pull him up. Oh wait, no, he can. Yeah, yeah he just grabs his sleeve and pulls him back. Yeah. And then, but but we find out that um, Doctor Aja Turner hasn't left. She's didn't, she She's never ran away. She called the cops. She called the cops. She did what you're supposed to do. She uh, figures out how to. A monkey with the control panel to bring the building back down and the day saved and the day saved by the way she's like the only one that called the cops this entire movie that's like the only like real police call there were so many murders where people just like walk away M- michael there might have been a mole that's true because <laughs> if been. he knows and yeah if he knows know, and then that's it oh man what a life <laughs> you get stuck and uh, there's a, a bit of a denouement for the uh, movie on a beach where uh, now k9000 <laughs> is wearing cool sunglasses <laughs> they're both about wearing poker. sunglasses yeah. <laughs> But K9000s aren't even on properly. You can put sunglasses on a dog and make it look kind of like, oh, the dog wants to put those on. It looks kind of funny. It's cute. But this, they just like put on the front of his nose and it just kind of dangles there. Like I can still see his eyes. <laughs> we'll point sunglasses. You got to block the eyes. He's a cool dog the Sun's now. getting right in there. He's talking about cool. It's about safety. No, it's because what happened was the dog was wearing them prime, but then like a sexy lady walked by and he and lowered sp- them onto the end of his nose. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would surprise me because at this point, Aja shows up and uh, obviously, you can't hear K9000, but K9000 refers to her as a broad. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, just like, hey, I'm glad you're here. You guys are great partners. I'm going to make sure you stay teamed up. But I was just like, no, no, no. You were right the first time. They're bad. Like, the dog has gotten worse in the time he's known Ed. But also, d- does she explain how she now has authority for that? Because they're going to make a special team or something, right? Well, they're restarting the catch program. Uh, what does catch stand for? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, Cybernetic, animal, uh, human, uh, uh, computer humans. Tomorrow's uh, cat. What's the sandwich? Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they're restarting the catch program, and they're going to basically work as a pilot project. They're going to keep them together. They're going to be a cool crime fighting team. And uh, what is the whole thing freeze frame on? What does the whole episode end on, Michael? I believe it's fetch. Is it not the fetch part? Fetch. Fetch. Yeah, he, he's like, you're finally going to be like a dog. And so he throws the ball, and the, yeah. and the dog and him are having a great time. And the dog jumps and grabs it, and they freeze frame it yeah. as the duck catches the ball. Yeah. It's a beautiful moment. Yep. It's a good way to end the movie. I mean, a lot of movies have ended their movies that way, but. With the dog catching a the ball? Just stuff like that. You know? <laughs> sure. What's the name of a few of those movies? Uh, Rocky, <laughs> I think. 
Ends with the dog. Ends with the dog the catching the ball. No, no, but that no, was Rocky like, Three. It did. It ended like, with the dog catching a ball. Rocky Three. Yeah, all right. Yeah, and Rocky Four. I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Russian dog. Um, yeah, I can't think of any other movies. Sorry, you put me on the spot. All right. Well, let's uh, let's uh, let's do some final notes on this thing. You right? might have to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> All right. Does anyone have any final thoughts on this movie before we wrap this up? You know what I was actually surprised at? For a movie that's about really the cop-dog interaction, there's almost none of that in this movie. Like, there's a couple scenes where they're even together. Not that it had to be, like, like real laughs generated for, um, you know, the dog biting someone on the bum or whatever. But I was surprised that they didn't go down that well at all. Right, there wasn't any like learning t- period or yeah, any, exactly. like, getting to know each other. Yeah, because they they set that up like, oh, he doesn't like technology and stuff. It's like, well, then he works fine with the dog. Yeah, the technology thing goes out the window real fast. You know what I mean? I have something for you, Jordan. Mm-hmm. You can hear it too, Michael, but it won't mean anything to you. All right, <laughs> also listen. We already know one of the writers was Stephen DeSouza, who mm-hmm. for us is a uh, is a royalty. That's right. But you know who the director of this is? I do know that it's Kim, someone, right? Man, and yep. Kim yeah, Manners. I know that he directed a lot of X Files. He also directed an episode of Harsh Realm. Oh, did he really? <laughs> of course he did. So both of these both of these creatives we've encountered Isn't that before. Funny? Oh, something weird about Catherine Oxenberg, who played um, the doctor in it. Uh, Turner? Was married to both Robert Evans and Casper Van Dien. Wow. That's two very different uh, people to be married to. That is two very different. Also, she was in the same class in Harvard uh, uh, with Conan O'Brien. She went to Harvard. Yeah. And is the daughter of Princess Elizabeth, who was royalty in Yugoslavia. You know, this lady has a lot going I know. for her. I know. I started trying to write interesting stuff of the cast, and it was all her. She's the only one that's interesting. That I mean, that is very interesting. Yeah. Too bad she had to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. So sort of. She was sort of in it. <laughs> I mean, you're right. How much was she in? Yeah, not much. All right, you guys want to rate this? Mm-hmm. So, uh, Michael, what, what do you think this is? Uh, I think the stunt guys did a really good job. Agreed. Yeah, so, shout out to the stunt guys. Yeah, for real. A lot of falling out windows. Yeah, they really tried to work with the budget they had, but uh, I would have to give it like solid four. Four? And that's mainly because of the stunt guys. If it wasn't for them, it'd probably be a one or a two. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'll go next then. I'm going to give it one for the dog because it was nice. The dog was good. I like watching a dog. It's always nice to see a dog on TV. Uh, stuntman, like the action sequences. If you just strung all those action sequences together, they would be like 15 minutes long, but it'd be the best 15 minutes of the movie. And what am I going to give it a three for? Uh-oh. I can't think of a third thing. <laughs> so I guess I'm giving it a two. The, the robot. The robot at the end. Oh, the, you're right. The robot surgeon. Laser robot surgeon. Yeah, that's a point. Give it a three. And Luke, this doesn't happen too often, but I'm also going to give it a three. I think that's that's all you really can give it for a movie that has no pacing, no suspense, no tension, and really nothing that's cop dog at all in this movie. On paper, this sounds like a weird funny like how could like how can this not be like yeah can't be fun and it's not nearly as much fun as it should be yeah it's, agreed and you know what it's it's really the first half hour to 45 is a bit of a drag because it just it, they're trying to set this tone but it never really gels and so it kind of just is you're like is this a grimy new york kind of thing or is this like they don't really settle on what it is so you kind of just have these two-dimensional characters kind of saying nonsensical things and then eventually a, a dog comes out of a sausage casing <laughs> you know oh that was great though and it did that was good three to ten all right guess that about wraps it up for this episode michael thank you so much for joining us yeah, can i plug my goodreads account please, <laughs> please. Uh, yeah, you can catch me on goodreads at michael stark 
you're you're almost up to four now, right? Uh, four books. Seven. Oh wow. Yeah, they're small books, though. By the time this airs, though. Oh, you'll you'll be, be you'll be well ahead. Yeah, around probably twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Anyways, catch me on Goodreads. <laughs> but no, Michael. Seriously, thank you so much for joining us. That was amazing. And if you, the listener, have anything you want to tell us about K9000, you can email us at continuumdrag at gmail.com. And of course, on Instagram and Twitter, we'll definitely have the best parts of this movie. Mm-hmm. What, what, what are we going to put up there? People falling out windows, people getting shot, dogs coming out of sausage casings. Oh, I got to say that security guard's chest explode. That's a good part. Yeah. All, all the, if you, again, like you sort of said, if you just take the fun action sequences, jammed them together, you'd have a pretty good 15, 20 minutes, but the rest of it's not very good. You know what I'd like to see again? That uh, maybe French manager of that apartment store oh, yeah. spitting on that money. <laughs> that was funny. That was so weird. All right. But yeah, you can find those on Twitter and Instagram at Continuum Drag is the, uh, is the handle on those places. Um, but that about wraps it up. Thanks for joining us, listener, for this journey to K9000. Jordan, see you next week. See you then. Continuum Drag is recorded in Toronto, Ontario. Theme music by James Rex Siedler. Produced by Jordan Delick and Luke Black. Special thanks to Aaron Younes, Adam Wheatner, Jeff Hanley, Jane McRae, and Stephen Packard. <laughs>